Hey, hey, what is going on, everyone? So yesterday, we talked about the 14th Amendment and how that might come into play when talking about mandatory vaccinations. Like, you have to get vaccinated. Rutgers University, a college in the United States, was making it so if you were going to attend in-person class, you would have to get vaccinated. So very controversial. Some say, yes, this is good. We talked about it yesterday. Something called the greater good, the common good. It's better for all of the people. The individual is not as important. And then others might think, well, this is a fairly new vaccine. I don't feel that there has been enough testing. I'm college age, 19, 20. The coronavirus has proven not to be that harmful to me. I mean, I know I might get sick, but I'm a little bit more worried about getting sick from the vaccine, long-term effects. So what I wanted to do today was talk about the 14th Amendment how it relates to a couple other amendments and how it's been used in the past and how we look at it today. So for me to do that, I have to put on my glasses because I'll have to do a little bit of reading. But uh, I found this website that's just awesome. Uh, I will leave a link in the chat if you want to learn more about other amendments. Uh, the 14th Amendment is a big one, but it's hard to say which is the most important. Um, when you hear the 13th, 14th, and 15th, just know that those three amendments came right after the Civil War. And the Civil War was mostly fought, right, to end slavery in this country, which it did. And so the 13th, 14th, and 15th all have something to do with freeing the slaves or how the government can impact newly freed slaves. And that's what the 14th Amendment was passed for that to help like define. It, it was designed to help give citizenship to former slaves, like immediately. The 13th Amendment ended slavery. The 14th Amendment officially said, okay, all former slaves living in the United States, they are guaranteed the rights of everyone else. They are now citizens. But it impacts us today still. So let's take a look at that. The 14th Amendment, it's the longest amendment to the Constitution. It was ratified in 1868. So the Civil War ended in 1865. In order to protect civil rights of freed slaves after the Civil War. It has proven to be an important and controversial amendment addressing such issues as the rights of citizens, equal protection under the law, due process, and the requirements of the states. So what you'll see here, due process, we should probably talk about that, due process. It's basically your rights as a citizen of the United States when it comes to laws. So you can't be treated unfairly. You have the right to a, a speedy trial if you need one. So this was ratified. And what it did, it was uh, it, it, it like solidified. It, it added even more protections for 
citizens of this country, but also newly freed slaves. And another thing we'll see with this amendment is when this country was first created, right, right after the Civil War, talking late 1700s, 1780s, 1790s, when the country was really coming together, there was a big question about the former colonies, at the time there were 13, are they going to be individual countries with this kind of loose federal central government or are they going to be more of like united it's kind of like what we are today you know the united states we have state governments and you've i no more than right now have i seen in my lifetime where the states actually have a lot of different powers i think it's the coronavirus we've seen states were handling lockdowns differently they were handling uh, quarantines uh, differently. Um, if, like in Maine, if you lived uh, here in the summer and you went to New Hampshire, you're fine. You don't have to quarantine. But if you went to New York, you might have to come back and quarantine for 14 days. There were some places like California that were on lockdown, you know, uh, shelter in place. Remember, we called it that shelter in place, where in Maine, we had a little bit more freedom. So we have a state government with our governor, but we also have the federal government with the president. And in the 14th Amendment, the federal government takes a little bit of power away from the states. And of course, if you are a state's rights person, and there are some where like, no, the state government is more important. You'll find out in some cases it is, but in other cases, the federal government can trump the state government. And when I mean Trump, it means like overtake, not like, not like President Trump, but Trump. Uh, it's like in um, when you're playing cards, if you've ever played cards and there's a Trump suit, that's the card that can like dominate all the other three suits, the Trump card. So sometimes the federal government trumps the state government. Not all the time, sometimes though. Uh, from the constitution right here, the 14th Amendment is the longest uh, amendment to the Constitution in number of words. We will describe each section below, but won't list the entire amendment. If you want to read the text of the amendment, go here. And like I said, I will leave a link. Uh, this is an awesome website. Lots of other uh, material there for you. So, yeah, definitely uh, check that out. All right, definition of citizenship. The 14th Amendment gives an important definition of a citizen of the United States. It says that anyone born in the United States is a citizen and has the rights of a citizen. Now, we're seeing that right now. If someone enters the country illegally, you know, doesn't go through the right process of, of having their day in court and if they just sneak into the country, but a baby is born in this country, guess what? automatically 14th amendment says that baby born on u.s soil is a citizen for the rest of its life it's a citizen and you know that happens sometimes but it's because of the uh, the 14th amendment where were we uh this was important because ensured that the freed slaves were officially u.s citizens and were awarded the rights given to u.s citizens by the constitution 
One thing I do want to note here, though, is that voting rights, women at this time were not allowed to vote. 14th Amendment, it wouldn't be until the 19th Amendment that women would get the right to vote. So even though we're talking about you know the rights of citizens, just keep in mind women were not allowed to vote. By this definition, the 14th Amendment, men, all men, black, white, they were allowed to vote. But I say that with some hesitation because we'll get to some other parts of the 14th Amendment uh, that actually if you were black and a man in the South, it would be really, really, really hard for you to actually vote. It would be hard for you to vote, even though legally you could. But what happened was um, like after Reconstruction, Reconstruction was a period of time where the South was trying to be let back into the country. So you had this civil war where the North and the South fought. The North won. But not everyone in the North were like, oh, yeah, the South lost. Let them back in. Let them back in. They're all cool. They're all cool. There, there was a period of time and from uh, 1865 to 1876 called Reconstruction where the North was kind of watching the South, looking out, making sure everything was all right. And uh, it was possible if you were black and a dude, remember, not women, uh, you could vote. And during the time of Reconstruction, the South actually had a couple senators, House of Representatives who were black. But then after Reconstruction, the North, we won't go into that why, but it was a presidential election that caused that. And things got really tough um, if you were black. And I'm not saying that the North was just awesome you know no racism up there that's not the case but all right next one where were we um, i think it's right here the amendment also said that once a person becomes a u.s citizen their citizen cannot be taken away the exception to this is that if a person lied in order to become a citizen Requirements of the states. Before the 14th Amendment was passed, the Supreme Court said that the Bill of Rights only applied to the federal government, not the state governments. The 14th Amendment makes it clear that the Bill of Rights also applies to state governments. So when we're talking about the Bill of Rights, we mean the first 10 amendments, like super important ones. You've heard like freedom of speech, freedom of the press, some big ones there. Uh, the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. So before the 14th Amendment, um, if you were like in Washington, D.C., if you were on federal property, the Bill of Rights applied to you in the states themselves, maybe, maybe not. The 14th Amendment says uh, no more maybe, it, it's a definite. Yes, the Bill of Rights applies to all citizens, no matter which state they are in. They are part of the United States, they are a citizen, and with that, they get all the rights that the Constitution offers. Privileges and immunities. So think about immunity, think about exempt, think about it doesn't apply to you. Think about the coronavirus. If you are immune to the coronavirus, you can't get it, you can't get it. Maybe you've been vaccinated, but that's what it means here. Privileges, 
good things that you get. Immunities, it means, you know, it just doesn't apply to you, doesn't affect you. The amendment guarantees that the states cannot take away the privileges or immunities of citizens that are given to them by the Constitution. This means that there are some rights that the state governments cannot touch. <sighs> cannot is two words, but uh, yeah. So before it was almost like the state government was a little bit more powerful, maybe. And then the 14th Amendment said, well, in some cases, federal government trumps the state government. Uh, let me get this bigger here for you. Due process, like we talked about, hang on, like we talked about due process, it means fairness of the law. Basically, you are going to be treated fairly because you're a citizen of the United States. Not that you didn't do it, but you know they can't torture you. Nobody can torture you because you did something wrong. It has to be a fair punishment. Due process. The amendment guarantees due process of the law by the state governments. This is very similar to the due process mentioned in the Fifth Amendment, but here it applies to state governments rather than federal governments. So again, we have the federal government that is imposing its its power over the states. So just trying to trying to make the country a little bit more solid, a little bit more uniform, a little bit more the same. The next one, House of Representatives, section two of the amendment. Oh, sorry, I forgot. This is an important one. I forgot. Equal protection. The amendment also guarantees equal protection of the states. This is an important clause within the amendment. It was there, it was put there to make sure that every person, regardless of age, race, religion, etc., would be treated the same by the government. This is huge. Can I highlight this without highlighting that? No. Maybe I can. Okay. This clause has been used in several civil rights cases, including the landmark case of Brown versus the Board of Education. All right. Maybe really briefly, we should talk. This is because this is important. We should talk about the board versus, uh, I'm sorry, Brown versus the Board of Education. And basically what that said, that court case, believe it was in 1956, 1954, it said separate but equal is not good enough. So before Brown versus the Board of Education, in many parts of the South, there was this idea and that we go to the water fountain, right? I think everybody knows that. You'll have a water fountain for people who are white, water fountain for people who are black. Separate, but they have to be equal. And that's fine. If you have two separate ones, they have to be equal. Well, in reality, they weren't equal. They were always made to make people who were black feel less than white people. Maybe the, um, the fountain, oh, it's equal. You can get water from it. It is equal. But maybe if you had to use the black water fountain, you had to go around to the back. And it definitely wasn't as nice. Well, Brown versus the Board of Education, it specifically talked about schooling. And a lot of time, probably every time, the white school was so much better than the black school. So separate but equal. Hey, we're separate, but 
We each go to different schools, black and white, but they're equal. No. Um, Brown versus the Board of Education said, no, don't can't do that anymore. Like I said, that was in 1956. It would take a long time before. And I mean, some people say it's still not equal today, but it would take a long time, well into the 70s and 80s, if not longer, before it was actually truly separate but equal. We're talking about the schools in that case, but um, I think it was pretty quickly, you know, like different entrances for different races. You know, I think that went away kind of fairly quickly by the, the 60s or so. But I mean, civil rights, it's still it was still a struggle. Again, some people will say, you know, it's still a struggle today. It's still not quite equal. Uh, but that that's an important one to know. All right, House of Representatives, Section 2 of the amendment describes how the state population would be counted in order to determine how many members of the House of Representatives each state would have. Prior to the amendment, former slaves were counted as three-fifths of a person. The amendment says that all people will be counted as a whole number. So before... Um, this was just to try to give uh, the, the South wanted this again. It's pretty complicated. Maybe we won't get into everything, but um, you know, slave owners wanted it both ways. They wanted to have slavery, but they also so their slaves would not be people. But then when it came to voting rights, oh well, I have a uh, hundred slaves. Not very good at math, but what is that? They counted as like 60, 60 votes. So it was really messed up and it's not like, you know, slaves could actually vote, but it gave the South more power because they had uh, their population wasn't as great as the North. So just like today, we still are talking about voting rights. This was quite a bit different because it, it dealt with slaves, but it's still the people of that party, Republican or Democrat, wanting their votes to count. I mean, they're, you know, they're people to count and not have the other political party count. So that's it's a pretty complicated topic. I don't want to get too far into it. But I mean, to a certain extent, we're still dealing with that today. We just talked about it a couple of days ago in class. Of course, not with slavery, but just, yeah. Different laws to make it easier or harder for people of that political party to vote. Still dealing with it today. Uh, rebellion is the next one, right? Yeah, rebellion. So section three says that people who have participated in a rebellion against the government cannot hold a state or a federal office. So we don't, I mean, we just had the, uh, the thing at the Capitol, you know, that would be considered a rebellion, but you know, who knows if some of those people that participated in the rebellion, if they were state or federal workers, it said state too, right? State or federal. Yeah. If they were state or federal workers, they might lose their job because they participated in a rebellion. We don't have many rebellions in this country back in the, uh, when this was written in 1868, of course, there was a major rebellion. It was the civil war. So that's why that was put in there. But who knows? Maybe that will come into play more. If we were teaching this in uh, 2019, I probably would have said, ah, we don't have rebellions anymore. That was, but, you know, 
It looks like we we just recently had one. Uh, some other interesting facts really quickly here. Bring it all the way up. Uh, is sometimes referred to as the Amendment 14. Section 4 says that federal government would not compensate former slave owners for the loss of their slaves. So, I mean, think about it back then. Slaves were, slaves were property. They were just like uh, treated just like animals, treated just like machine equipment. So you had a bunch of slave owners that had all this free labor. You know, the federal government's not going to pay them for the slaves that they, they lost. So that's uh, part of the 14th Amendment. What else here? The Equal Protection Clause was put to stop states from implementing black codes, which were separate laws for black people. Okay. That we just talked about that. That did not last. 14th Amendment says it. Uh, but for so long in the South, there were these things called Jim Crow laws. And that's what separate but equal was all about. Jim Crow laws and, and voting rights. You had to pass these extremely difficult tests if you were black in order to vote. The people who were white did not have to. The tests were insanely hard. Some might say impossible. And even if a, a person who was black passed it, they would probably find some reason why they, meaning the people at the, the people in power, uh, would find some reason why that wasn't the case. So, and the last one, I think, Sec <coughs> excuse me, section three was to keep members of the Confederacy during the Civil War from holding office. So for a while, um, and I do believe this changed, uh, but if you were part of the rebellion, if you were part of the Confederacy, if you were part of the South, then you couldn't hold office. You know, people in the North were worried if they would get into the government and be a spy and try to ruin things, things like that. So I do think that changed uh, by the end. You know, eventually people who can contributed to the Confederacy eventually would die. But I think in their lifetime, I think things were changed slightly so that people in the South, if they fought for the Confederacy, I, I do believe they could. Some, I, I think, eventually held office, but uh, I'm not quite sure on that. All right. It's been a long one. It's been a very detailed one. Uh, I hope you've learned a little something. Uh, if you have any questions, let me know in the comments on this video or you know, just send me an email or whatever. All right. Thanks a lot for watching. Hope you learned a little something.